The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, A. Weber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, A. Weber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. A. Weber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by the Alternative Board. Since 1989, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to check out our affiliate sponsor, One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the avid podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. Absolutely. But, but there are a few key issues with, you know, basically before this platform. So first of all, you know, I need to want what you offer. You need to want what I offer. What we both offer needs to be of equivalent value and it needs to be at the same time. Right. So there are so many um, things that need to line up um, and the chances just aren't high that everything will line up nicely there. So essentially, we our platform uses credits. Um, so, you know, I can deliver work to you. Uh, you pay me a thousand credits and I can then use those credits to source something from you. Or if I'm not looking for what you're offering, I can then use those credits to source something from someone else on the platform uh, at a different time. So they don't necessarily have to exchange money. A lot of people are just starting up or whatever, so they can swap services. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Welcome back to another episode of the show. Uh, we have a, another great guest today. I think Carl, the youngest guest that I've had on the show. So you'll hear from him in a minute. Um, but I wouldn't say that he's uh, that new to entrepreneurship, and he's he's got some great successful stories and some uh, things to share with us. So if you are listening on your favorite directory, please leave us a five-star review if you can. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, like us, subscribe to the channel so we can keep bringing uh, quality guests like Carl today. So let's get on with today's show. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. Hi, I'm Carl and I'm the founder of Revelancer. And I've been a serial entrepreneur um, since I was 14. I actually started freelancing when I was 13, and my goal with Revelance today is to bring freedom back to freelancers and improve the industry as a whole. And I'm really excited um, to be talking on this podcast today. All right, Carl. So, um, Carl Swanepoel is uh, in. Carl, you're in London, right? 
Well, not not quite. I'm I'm in Wales at the moment, but um, you're in England. I meant to say away. I don't want to. Yeah, I'm in London. I'm in England, um, and it's afternoon there, so it's about six five six hours difference between the two of us. So I appreciate you taking the time on a Friday afternoon when it's probably gonna the pubs are gonna open soon. All my friends over there are like it's happy hour, <laughs> and I'm like it's one o'clock here, you know. So, um, but I I I'm excited to to talk to you about your quote unquote history because you're only 23, um, but you are building a pretty big. Um, freelance community and you've done a lot of stuff. So maybe we can go back a few years, you know, when you were younger and got started in entrepreneurship and why the bug bit you. And I think you have some things you're involved in some shows and things like that. So I'll let you take yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Mitch. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be on. Um, I, yeah, I mean, so I, I, I actually got started probably about 10 years ago. Um, so I started freelancing when I was 13 and then got more into sort of the entrepreneurship and wanting to start like a much bigger business when I was around 14 or so. Yeah. Um, took, took me quite a while to actually get there. Um, right. But, you know, a- along the along the journey, um, I had, th- you know, access to very many experiences, lots of different contacts that I made. Um, so even though, you know, a lot, lot of the stuff that I tried didn't really go anywhere, um, I wouldn't do it any differently yeah, if, if I could go net- back. Building your network, right? Now, what Absolutely. were you freelancing? Were you doing, was it tech or design or marketing? What were you doing? Yeah, so I actually started um, with with graphic design and then went into web design and, and development as well a bit later on. Got it, got it, got it. Was it hard to get people to hire a 13-year-old kid to do? Maybe 20 years ago, there's nobody, you know, all the young people were the only ones that knew how to do websites, but was it hard? Um, well, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not like it, I kind of made a living from it particularly quickly at, at okay. the beginning. Right. Um, but I would say... You know, I, I didn't kind of advertise the fact that I was 13. So right. I, I think, you know, I probably um, had a right. more of a fair shot. Yeah. Okay. So how did you how did you get your business in those days? Was it like local people or were there online sites you were using or how, how were you doing it then? Well, actually, I, I started by using um, different freelancing sites because uh, there have been a, you know, there are quite a few freelancing platforms that have existed for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but within just a few months of using them, I, you know, kind of came to the conclusion that these platforms do not work for freelancers. Um, uh, and, and ultimately that led me to build my own platform when, when I was 15. Um, but, you know, so I did get started on other platforms, but, but, uh, just realized, you know, back then, and it's only been reinforced over time that they're not serving freelancers quite right in, in the way that I think they should. Right. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do something about now with Revelancer. Right. Well, well, they were freelancer sites though, right? I mean, they were supposed to be serving freelancers. Sure. But I think with, with any two sided marketplace, you kind of have to choose one side to focus on. And yeah. traditionally um, freelancing platforms have focused more on the clients than the freelancers. So trying to keep the client happy. Um, Got it. But in, in my opinion, um, if you focus on the freelancer and get, you know, keeping the freelancer happy, ultimately that's how you deliver the best experience to the client as well, because a happy freelancer with the best possible workflow is ultimately what a client is looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So those were things like Upwork and Fiverr and the, those kind of things. There maybe there was other sites that don't exist anymore. Yes. Um, so, so, so those two, Upwork also had a different name prior to their merger. Um, so they were Odesk and Elon's, and then there were a, a bunch of others that um, aren't, aren't around today anymore. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so 
So let's talk about the entrepreneur side of it, right? So you're out doing freelance. You're not really, right? You and I both agree that freelancing is not necessary. I mean, everybody thinks of themselves as an entrepreneur, but you're just, you know, finding jobs and doing work. You're not really running a business or have the concerns that a business owners have. So when, what did you do when you started building your, or when you said, okay, I think I should do this as a business because I can do it better. What did you do? You were 15 years old. Did you write a business plan? Did you go seek out help from somebody? Did you take a course online? I mean, what did you do? Just kind of wing it? Um, I, I just kind of winged it, to be honest. So uh, I, I kind of thought, you know, well, what's the first step? It can't um, be too hard, right? Yeah. Like, what, yeah. The, the, so the first thing I needed was a website, you know, that, so then I, I went online and I found um, this really kind of dodgy uh, PHP script that was, you know, like a kind of a functional copy of Fiverr. Um, and I bought that for about 200 pounds or so. Um, so and that was my, my whole budget. Or it was like yeah. a working framework. So you have to start from scratch. Exactly. But I did have to modify it a, a little bit myself as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then essentially I just had the website up. That was my, my whole budget. Um, I didn't have uh, any money to promote it then. So nor did I know anything about advertising online. Right. So I basically just went onto Twitter, found where people were talking about my competitors and then told them, why don't you also join my platform and get more exposure? And right. I just did that, um, you know, over and over again every day um, and then grew the user base to more than 2,000 people. Uh, just that way organically with no cost? I mean, I wouldn't call it quite quite organically, but it was com- completely at no cost, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a look, yeah. it, that's, that's a... a a lesson for people, right? There's a lot of things you could do from a bootstrapping uh, basis when you don't have capital. So the fact that you didn't have capital wasn't like an obstacle for you. You're just like, well, I got to figure out another way to do it. I have no money left. So you didn't give up. But I think a lot of people do. They go, well, I, you know, I'm not going to spend this money. I can't do it. And they don't look for options, maybe because you were younger, you knew more of the social media platforms. But I think there's a lot of ways to connect now with people that, like you said, yeah. you've been building a network since then, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, this is one of the things I'm very grateful for, actually, um, with, you know, f- for most of my, I guess, life as an entrepreneur, um, I had very small startup budgets, um, you know, if, if, if anything at all. Right. Um, and it made me people, very right? creative. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be creative. And, and I think ultimately that serves you because I think if you have a lot of money, you just tend to burn through it and you just spend money on things, trying things, and you don't, you're not careful about or strategic is a better word, right? About what you're doing and how you're doing it and why. Yeah, and absolutely. Why, why you're doing I, it. I, th- I think it's really important for anyone who's looking to start a business to, um, you know, at, at the beginning, start with less than you would ideally want because that way you can be a lot more creative. And then as you, you know, get more, more capital and you can spend it in a much smarter way. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so to take take me through the evolution of this that's really been your business though since you're 15 that's what you've been working on because you're 23 so that's you know you're talking seven eight years you've been building well, that definitely my kind of exposure to the industry has has been that long even a bit longer now but um uh this platform that i built back then was was not revelance and um, the platform that i built back then i actually ended up having to sell with in about six months um oh. because i was too young to have a paypal account oh that's funny so they, they didn't like that yeah be 16 or older or something 18 or older 18 or older. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something I, I look, I deal with a lot of young entrepreneurs. We ran an academy for a little while here. And uh, yeah, that was a challenge. Some of their parents had to be on the documents when they're under 16. I think you can get, you can set up a business in New Jersey. If you're 16, maybe you can't, but yeah. So it's not, it's like you could set up an LLC or a corporation, 
but you, I guess you can't set up a PayPal account. So you'd have to have your, you know, your parents do it. So, okay. So, well, that was a learning experience. So then you sold that. And then what did you do? You're still in school, I assume at that point, right? I was, yes. And, and I did actually approach my parents and I asked them if I could have a PayPal account in their name, but, but they, um, you know, and I quote, they didn't want to lose the house. So that was a, a no, <laughs> um, but I did manage to, to sell the platform, which was a really positive outcome. I, I sold it for many, many times, you know, my kind of initial startup investment just before my 16th birthday. And, and yeah, I was still in school at that time. Um, in fact, I think just after that, I was the um, a brand ambassador for the business conference, which is the largest business conference in Europe. Um, and they in- invited me to that, uh, you know, when, when I was 15. Um, they heard about time. your business, they invited you or you applied or how'd you hear about it? They, they reached out to me. In fact, I, I was, I remember getting the, the email and kind of thinking that it might be a, a scam just because... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, it kind of sounded a bit too good to be true, but no, they they, they did reach out to me, um, and then yeah, I luckily responded. And, no, I yeah, think there's yeah. a whole industry of yeah. businesses that create, like you know, the 500 fastest growing businesses in your area, and then they get you to like buy things and they sure. give you an award. It's not really an award, but you can use it for promotional purposes, I guess. So there's a lot of that stuff. So so tell me about your experience there. Was that in England or was it in Europe and somewhere else in Europe? No, it was in in London. Um, so it's it's a very large conference. I think um, it's about fifty thousand bu- uh, business owners or so go there every year. Okay. It's it's in a huge centre called called the Excel Centre in London. Um, and yeah, and I was one one of their brand ambassadors. I, I have been for a few years, but the, but that was the first time, and it was a really incredible experience. Um, so I made lots of connections there, learned lots of things while I was there. Um, and in fact, a couple of years later, I, I exhibited there with my, my Oh, there are exhibitors. Well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So exhibitors and presenters and right platform speakers, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. So it's similar to the business conferences in the United States. Yeah. I'd, I'd imagine so. Okay. So at that point, what you were, you said you were 15 when you got invited to that, what you had already sold the business. Yes, I, I, I had. Um, so yeah, so I, I was fifteen um, for uh, the first time that I so went there. So when you went there, you were you didn't have a business because you couldn't have a PayPal account. I think. Well, I, I had a bunch of other projects going at the same time as well. So I, I had uh, like a small kind of um, you know one person a- agency where I was building websites and doing design for people. So I, I still still had that going, like a side gig. Well, I think that's yeah. what freelancing is all about, right? A lot of people freelance because they want extra money not necessarily a full-time job for them. Um, so it, but this, this whole community has really built up in terms of accessibility and the ability to do work for people, I guess, all over the world, really. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really incredible what you can do nowadays. Um, you know, it's, it's easier than ever to kind of, you know, essentially create your own job and, um, and, and work from home. Yeah. Well, what are the, I mean, the common industries I think of are like graphic design, digital marketing, uh, I guess, tech development, things like that. But what are the more off kind of off the beaten path things you could do as a freelancer? Well, I mean, the, the options are, are really endless. Um, yeah. I, I mean, so our platform, we, we only allow things that can be done remotely and mainly kind of be B2B services. But for example, just early, earlier today, someone who's a massage therapist um, and who did a bunch of other related things kind of reached out and um, wanted to see if they could use the platform. And unfortunately for now, we had to turn them down because obviously that's yeah, not can't something do that can do remotely. Virtually. Yeah, it'd be hard. But yeah, it, it can re- really be um, 
anything and, and, and everything. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. So things like graphic design, um, web development, like probably the creative industry, right. uh, B2B services in the creative industry are, are probably the most podcast editing sort of types. I could get, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, take me through it though. You, you, at what point did you come back into this? Couldn't do it when you're 15. We know that. So, <laughs> well, I was in my final year of university. Um, we were in a COVID lockdown at the time. So obviously COVID, um, changed the way we work remotely very drastically, very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I was looking back at these freelancing platforms that I used, um, you know, many years before. And to my greatest shock and horror, they hadn't changed anything. Right. There was in, in like seven, eight years, they had yeah. changed nothing, including um, not allowing video calling, which, you know, now was such an essential part of remote work. Yeah. And actually t- today, a bit over two years later, it's still the exact same deal. They still haven't changed or adapted. So that's when I decided, you know, about two years ago to start Revelancer. So I can do, so through Revelancer, I can do a video call with the, with the Absolutely, you can. But you can't yeah. do it on the other ones. You can't because they make money through commission fees. So essentially, you know, if, if they're relying on taking 20 or 25% of the transaction, um, it's in their interest to stop us from communicating in a phone call or video call or even outside of their platform in any way, right. because then we'll arrange to pay outside of their platform. Yeah, well, I, look, I've used, I've used for some editing, I think it was Upwork, and they, you know, you text them and they're like, well, let's connect offline directly, you know, because you have to connect directly at some point. You, you might send them a Google uh, link to a Google Drive or some information that they need or something. And they, you could just go around the system. I mean, maybe they could get blackballed, I guess, eventually. But And that's exactly why that particular freelancing platform you just mentioned um, has actually started finding people for trying to communicate outside of the platform. So right. they'll, they'll fine you. And then I suppose if you don't pay the fine, they will um, take further action and, yeah. and ban your account. Right, because it's the only thing that they can yeah. protect. They're protecting their income. All right. So I know we're jumping around a little bit, but tell me, so tell me how Revelancer works differently than these other platforms. Well, I mean, we essentially, we solve those two problems. Um, so first of all, you know, external communication, and secondly, the commission fees, which causes the first problem. We, we solve those in a very, very simple way. So we don't charge commission fees, and therefore we can allow people to talk externally. So That's people something. subscribe to the service, is that what happens? The, the There's an optional subscription plan, um, but it's not, you know, you can absolutely get started for free as well. Okay, so, ha- so what's the, what's your revenue model then? Well, it's through this optional subscription model, also through B2B partnerships um, to kind of share the uh, different freelance job opportunities that, that we have. Okay. Um, but, you know, ma- our main focus at the moment is, is just on growth and becoming uh, one of the leading players in the industry. And then that could lead to things like advertising or um, sponsorships or affiliate relationships or something like that. Yeah, I mean that there are lots of lots of different opportunities there. But what's really important to, to us um, is to you know have have a platform that that is actually fair to freelancers and freelancers want to use because that way we attract and build the best community of freelancers, which then in turn is is the best result for the clients. Right, and I guess as the community grows, the value of the business grows. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you have I don't know a hundred thousand users now then 
right? Then the value to whoever's involved is more because they can meet more freelancers or whatever. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So this is an entrepreneur's podcast, right? The accidental entrepreneur. We talk about mistakes, problems, things you learned, advice for other people. And you said that you made some mistakes early on and it was good learning experience. So tell me the mistakes you made, what you learned, what you would do differently. Yeah, I mean, I've so I've I've got a pretty good um, story here. I mean, the answer is I've made lots lots right, of mistakes. Of we, we could be here all day, but there is um, one one in particular that I think there's a nice kind of learning outcome from there as well. Um, so when when I was eighteen, I started a small web and design agency that wasn't just me. So I, there were a couple of other people involved as well. Okay. Um, and within just a couple of months, um, we kind of went from starting it with pretty much nothing i think we started with about 50 pounds um you know which is about 60 usd or so um and and then essentially within a few months we had gotten it to the point where we could move into well you know could just about move into an office on my high street okay um so you know that was number one on my priority list right it shouldn't have been it was a complete vanity metric it wasn't actually useful to the business for somebody yeah right but one thing it was um, really good at was attracting the attention of the local newspaper, and and they kind of did a you know front page of the business section um, kind of spread right. about, about eighteen year old highlighting the business, office. right? Yeah, okay. exactly. They felt good about it. Absolutely, um, and, and actually that led to someone reading the newspaper, reaching out to me. I invited him over to the office. Um, and it turns out that that person had actually built a, a multi billion um, pound kind of public company. Um, and that same person is now an advisor of mine today. So I stayed okay. in touch with him for the, for the past five years. Okay. Um, so, you know, getting the office was a terrible idea. It was for all the wrong reasons. It made, you know, kind of led to the, you know, not, not really making any profits out of that. But it did lead to accidentally meeting this person who is now such a valuable advisor who I never would have otherwise. And I think that the lesson in that is um, just this idea of kind of failing forward. Um, Got it. You know, so you, you you make a mistake, but you can still kind of make the most of a situation. So, you know, now um, that kind of annoyance of getting the office, you know, I'm very glad that that happened because otherwise I would have ne- never connected um, with this great advisor. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, look, everything's a learning experience, right? I think very few things that happen, even when you fail, that you don't learn something or make a contact or move on to something else. Yeah. Um, as you absolutely go. right okay so what happened with that you guys fail you had to close <laughs> the agency well i yeah i, I mean so, sort of it, it just didn't really take off too much um and then i went to university about six months later and just get, scaled it down um still worked with a couple of the uh you know my favorite clients from there um while i was at university for a, a couple more years, but yeah, um, I mean, my, my priorities kind of shifted, uh, from, from the beginning, um, you know, my, my heart was kind of a lot more set on doing something that could have a much larger impact on, on a much bigger scale. Um, that's quite important to me, you know, and, and with an agency, there's nothing wrong with having an agency, but that just wasn't really lining up with my kind of personal goals and ambitions too much. Right. Got it. Okay. So what did you study at university? Was it business and entrepreneurship and things like that? Economics, finance? Um, actually, not at all. Some, something completely different. I, I studied um, AI and robotics, um, so okay. a, a computer science kind of area. Okay, and but I would guess you're probably using some of that now, right? There's probably a, a little bit. Robot. Yeah, absolutely a little bit. But my uh, sort of role at Revolanta is 
very much around the kind of business management administration fundraising kind of side. Got it. Got it. Got it. Did you, did you work on Revalancer when you were in at university still? Yes, I did. I, I had the idea for it um, about halfway through my final year um, and, and then, you know, focused pretty much full time on that with, um, you know, doing university on, on the side um, to, to get it off the ground. Got it. What are some of the mistakes you made with Revelancer? Um, probably the biggest thing that now I, I'm more aware of is the way I started Revelancer was I kind of thought, you know, I had these problems as a freelancer. I can see that these problems hadn't, hadn't been addressed. Right. So now I will go out there and fix them. Um, that's risky because the, uh, yes, I have those problems, but how do I know that other people have those problems? Right. And how do I know that other mistake. people would yeah. like my solution? Right. right. I was lucky. Lots of other people have the same problem. Lots of people like the solution. So, but, but uh, you know, that was luck. Right. Um, that wasn't any kind of skill. Right. So, you didn't do any market research and focus groups yeah. or anything like that. So, um, and that's, and, and obviously we, we do that now. Um, but if I could go back, I would from, from the beginning have, you know, kind of developed the idea a lot more with the help of other freelancers. And then I think we could have gotten much closer to, you know, the right product a lot sooner. Yeah, no, I think that's a huge mistake business owners make. They're convinced yeah. why their customers do business with them. And nine times out of 10, they're wrong. You were lucky. Yeah, but they're absolutely wrong. And then when something changes, you don't know what the change was that caused the business to to struggle because you thought they were buying for this reason and they're buying for another reason or doing business with you or using the platform for another reason yeah exactly yeah. um and and that's not a mistake that i'll ever make again and i'm you know i'm, I'm glad that i i kind of learned it now um but i think it's something that everyone goes through you know with their first the first probably few businesses that they attempt and i guess cases. yeah i mean look the best ones i know are always asking their customers why they do business how they can improve what they didn't like yeah. what their experience was i would assume you're probably doing that now because you want to absolutely get feedback from all your users so what's uh, yeah, actually, you know what, why don't we do this? I got to take a commercial break uh, for about two minutes to support the sponsors. And then we can come back and talk about um, some advice you have for other entrepreneurs getting started, not necessarily in freelancing, but we can talk about both. And then, sure. um, you know, what the plans are for the future in terms of uh, Revelancer. Does that sound good? Yeah. Sounds good to me. Okay. Then let's go to commercial. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to market and grow your business? Or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running? AWeber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one -on -one business coaching, participation in monthly TAB board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools, and customized strategic planning workshops, TAB membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at TAB invite you to try risk-free. Maybe you're looking to get into podcasting or you just want to market your business. Maybe you want to do it for enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. 
One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created especially for our listeners. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. All right, Carl. So um, where was I? What were we talking about? Uh, We're going to get into (laughs) advice for, I mean, you can do one or the other, right? You can tell me about what the plans are with Revelancer, where you're going, what's going on. And then we could get into advice for business owners. Um, Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, um, I I mean, just to chat quickly about Revelancer's plans first then. um, Essentially, what we're moving in now is really, you know, fueled by speaking to freelancers and collecting feedback from our users. Um, We are building a skills exchange platform, and that's actually live now. Um, So it's live in, in beta at the moment. And essentially, it's all about facilitating, um, you know, let's say you are a web developer and okay. someone else is an accountant and, you know, and, and you need your accounts and they need a website, kind of facilitating an, a swap there. So the freelancer is working with the freelancers. Exactly. Um, but, but, and, and that's something that 40% of freelancers already do actively and nine in 10 of them want to do it again. So, you know, right. it's something that, that, um, well, you could be a web already. programmer, but not necessarily a graphic designer, right? So you need the designer to make it look yeah. nice and then you program the, the graphics and so forth. Yeah. It makes sense. Absolutely. But, but there are a few key issues with, you know, basically before this platform. So, First of all, you know, I need to want what you offer. You need to want what I offer. What we both offer needs to be of equivalent value and it needs to be at the same time. Right. So there are so many um, things that need to line up um, and the chances just aren't high that everything will line up nicely there. So essentially, we our platform uses credits. Um, so, you know, I can deliver work to you. Uh, you pay me a thousand credits and I can then use those credits to source something from you. Or if I'm not looking for what you're offering, I can then use those credits to source something from someone else on the platform uh, at a different time. So they don't necessarily have to exchange money. A lot of people are just starting up or whatever, so they can swap services. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, but it doesn't make the platform any money. It's just a service to support the community basically. Well, that's that's correct, but um, we have B two B sort of partnerships set out, um, and then also in future we're going to have paid plans on, on that platform as well. Got it. Okay. Um, all right, I'll let you go. Keep uh, telling me what else is coming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean that's that's kind of the been the big focus for the past few months. That went live um, just about a week ago now. Maybe wow. yeah, yeah. We, we we got two weeks ago. Okay. Um, and it's been going really well so far. So our current user base um, is it's adopting the new platform quickly. Um, it also seems to be a lot more appealing actually to new users in our marketing than, than our previous platform ever was. Um, so yeah, really, really kind of really excited about Revolanza Beta um, and kind of the next steps there. Right. But, you know, re- really, I think that's a great illustration of that learning of, you know, building for the the users and, and the customers first and foremost, rather than just thinking, you know, like, what do I think uh, is a problem that people experience? And right. What do I think would be a good solution for it? Right. Just, just for those people listening, this is probably being posted in the fall and it is May of 2023. So there's a good chance that we could be well out of beta by then and on the second or third generation of 
the service. So they should go and check out the website and see where you are at that point. We'll have to, we'll put an update in the show. Yeah, notes absolutely. When it comes out. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about, since you're a young entrepreneur about advice for budding entrepreneurs or people that think they're going to start a business. It doesn't necessarily have to be what you're doing. Um, but just, you know, advice and, and things like that do's and don't do's. Sure. So yeah, a few things. I think f- first of all, um, changing the way you think about failure and risk. So, you know, it's this idea of failing forward, um, seeing failure as a learning op- opportunity. And then also with risk, understanding that choosing not to do something is in itself a decision and it's yeah. an opportunity cost. Um, so, you, you know, I think within reason, do take risks. Fortune favors the, the bold. Right. Um, and, and then ultimately, the, the other thing that I think is quite key is understanding that you cannot achieve everything you probably want to achieve just by yourself. So that means not only, you know, working with kind of mentors and advisors and learning from people who have sort of, you know, achieved a lot um, in, in the past before you, um, but also building and working with a really great team and understanding how to motivate them and how to, how to work well with them. Yeah. And ultimately hiring people who, who are much better at what they do than, than you are and being comfortable with that. I, I think, you know, if you can nail those like two main categories of things, then you're off to a really good start. Yeah. I think a lot of business owners start out solo and they have trouble getting to the next level. Maybe they're not even the right person, but at least, you know, you got to learn to be a good leader good leader doesn't do everything. Good leader does very few things, delegates, gets good people working for them, motivates them, you know, makes them feel empowered, makes them buy into the vision and makes them mold the vision and shape the vision because they have input too. Those are the best organizations. And that definitely takes time and attention and, you know, um, purpose, you know, being purposeful about um, and proactive about what you do as opposed to, you know, just kind of accidentally letting it all happen, which unfortunately a lot of people do, you know, like you said, like you said, yeah, I think all that stuff's good advice. Okay. So, um, if people want to, first of all, if, if I'm a freelancer, right. And I want to get on the platform, what, what do I do first? Do I have to pay a fee? You said it's a free service to start, right? Yes. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I, I can tell you what, what it is essentially for, for today in a right. few months might, might, something might've changed, but, you know, I think probably the, the, the best thing to do is to go to revelanta.com and then from there, you know, we'll be able to point you in the right direction to, to get started. Um, and more, you know, more likely than not at, at the point that this um, podcast comes out, uh, there is going to be a kind of a free plan available as well. Got it. Is there a hammering going on in the background or something over there? Uh, no, it's uh, sneezing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's what you get with a live show. Um, okay. So, and, and what was I asking you before you were telling me that advice for business owners, people getting started. Um, are, are you planning on uh, maybe raising capital to grow the business or those aren't really in the works at this point? Like you don't need, additional capital not everybody does but um, well we, we we certainly do um we, we have already raised a pre-seed round with we've, we've got a, a um a vc back end and a few angel investors as well um and yeah and, and we're planning to continue raising venture funding to um keep scaling the business to the next level yeah so you're 23 what what has that experience has been has been like I mean, I suppose if I kind of take a step back, it has been a bit of a crazy experience. It's not something I've ever done before, um, Revelancer. But the way I got started is I kind of, you know, realized that 
I don't know anything about fundraising. Right. Well, now I do, but back then I didn't know anything about fundraising. Um, so my first, you know, order of business is to find someone who does know uh, about fundraising and then learn from that. And that's what I did. And that's how I managed to actually fast track the, the process quite, quite a lot. But that's not just true for fundraising. That's true for quite a lot of things. So right, of course. You know, I think really important to work with people who have done it before and then right. learn from them. Yeah, to be humble enough. That's what our, yeah. um, our sponsor, the advisory, the, um, yeah, the advisory board tab. I don't know if... Uh, they have it in in the UK, uh, but it's a franchise, and uh, you know they put together boards of like minded individuals. I don't know exactly how they do it, but so let's say you join, you you're on a board of fifteen people or ten people, and you get together and you share ideas and talk about your problems and help other people, and it's a lot of that. You know, it's like building your own advisory board for your company, which I'm a big advocate of, um, but. It's a way to do it in an organization where you're networking, connecting with people, maybe in your same industry, maybe not. You know, it just absolutely, yeah. I mean, that that sounds fantastic. I'll, I'll actually have a look at a tab as well for myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I couldn't recommend that highly enough to uh, and any kind of budding or you know established entrepreneur as well, because ultimately you are never going to be the expert of everything. And right. The way you put yourself in the best position is working with different experts in in, in lots of different areas. No, but beyond. Uh, venture capital angel investors do you have partners that you are building the business with um well yeah i mean we we work for example with different um co-working spaces different co-working chains that kind of stuff to um onboard their communities um and, and support no, but you you know, skills exchanges that kind of thing that are stock older oh yes oh absolutely right. yeah I, I have two co-founders who i who i work with yeah no, that's the word i was thinking of co-founders yeah, yeah very good okay how do you know these guys um, both from university, actually, in, in, in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. And why did you, are they in the room there? Are they listening to us? <laughs> yes, they are. Okay. So, so what made you guys come together to do this? Like what, you're just buddies and you're like, hey, let's start a business. I mean, usually there's skills or reasons or feelings about things. I'm always curious. Yeah, well. Makes good partnerships. No, absolutely. So, I, I mean, um when I had the idea of Revelance, it was still just me. Um, I also secured the first bit of funding um, by, by myself okay. um, through a competition at my university. Um, but then, you know, I quickly realized that, well, first of all, you know, I, I need to kind of find uh, someone to handle the development. And that was my, my background, probably, you know, more than most things, um, doing a computer science degree. But I wanted to find someone who was significantly better than I was, who could then take that over while I focus more on the kind of business management and fundraising side. Um, so I put out a coding challenge. Um, it was shared by the computer science department. And then, you know, a few people attempted it. And then finally, um, Sky attempted it, who, who did um, far better than anyone else in that. Um, and yeah, and we, we got on really well and then have been working together for um, uh, yeah, just over two years now. Okay. And then my, my other co-founder kind of in, initially helped more with the marketing side. So again, you know, taking that, that over in a way that I wasn't quite, quite able to. Um, and she is now uh, sort of our head of product. So, you know, kind of bringing together, um, a bit, you know, business, technology, marketing, a, a customers, you know, feedback, that kind of thing, bringing all of that together to make sure that our product and product roadmap are, are really on the right track. Good, good. Yeah, I think I, I talked about this a lot. I talked about it yesterday. We had a live show. Um, a lot of that's one of the areas where people, I think, fall short. They don't look at themselves and say, OK, well, what do I do well? Like we all have a lot of skills, right? 
but you shouldn't be doing everything. So what do I do well? How am I most effective? What other people do I need to bring in, whether they're founders or their employees or their contractors or their outside services to support what it is I, I, I want to do? It's like 25% of the business plan. And people don't, don't do that. And they get in the position where they have a couple of employees and that one of the employees is doing a lot of things and then they're doing things and they just can't let go. Um, but if you yeah, have that absolutely. from the I mean, you're young. So if you have that from the beginning mm-hmm. and that's kind of the way you build it, you're not then trying to fix it later on. That's why I think business owners find themselves having to fix the road they went down. And now they're not, they can't be the CEO. They're not the person to do the business development because they're really a computer science person and they should have brought somebody in to do that or vice versa in this case, right? You doing the business development and running, growing the business and he's doing the, the technology and then you have your third, your third partner. So, all right. So if, if we, we know about Revel Answer, people can go there. If people want to kind of follow you and follow your story, what's the best way to interact with you and, and learn from you and so forth? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've got a blog at callswanapool.com, uh, my, my personal site. Okay. If that's maybe a bit too hard to spell or remember, I've also oh, got a, a, <laughs> yeah, sure. Also, if you go to karl.im, it's just a short link that'll take you there. Okay. Um, and then probably the best way if you want to contact me directly is through LinkedIn. So if you just look up my, my name on LinkedIn, then you'll find me. Good. Well, we'll put that in the show notes too. All right. Any parting words, any you know, last minute things you want to share or mention or so forth, because we're almost done. Well, I, I'd say like, you know, probably a third kind of piece of advice I'd give to people. It's, it's the, the cliche one, but really, uh, you know, in some ways, probably the most important one is just that grit and determination. You know, if you can only have one thing, then then grit is, is what you need. It's much more important than intelligence, connections, money, et cetera, right. et cetera. It'll get you so much further. Um so, yeah, just really stick with it, um, learn from your failures, work with great people. And then eventually, you know, if you just keep sticking with it and don't give up, you, you'll get somewhere. Right. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, thanks very much for, for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, definitely. Failure is not a message to stop. It's just a message. No, I completely learn. agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Carl, I can't thank you enough. We'll go to the closing credits and uh, just hang in there for a second. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and Made to Order Music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeinackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.